Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Workday Charity Open 2020 from Mirfield Village. We got a great show for you tonight, including some listener voicemails that we tackle at the very end. One of them brings a tear to my eye, frankly. We had a listener win over $25,000. He was a Nut Hut member. He's going to tell you how he spent his money. Fantastic stuff. Me and Pat have a fair amount of disagreement in this episode as well. We've got a bet that occurs in this episode. Me with one player, Pat versus another player. The loser next week is drinking some ranch water to start the show live on air. We got a great one. We're looking forward to it. We got back-to-back weeks at Mirfield Village on the PGA Tour, and we are excited. This one is brought to you by our friends at trannergray.com. T-R-A-N-T-E-R-G-R-E-Y, trantergray.com. If you have a need, if you're a business owner or you work at a business and you're in marketing and you need a social media strategist, video production, content development, we've worked personally with Tranter Gray. They work with brands nationally and internationally. They travel. They specialize in all those things. World-class service. They, They have the best equipment very affordable rates and they do incredible work. They do they help us out with a lot of YouTube content and they're just high quality people. Trannergray.com, tell them that the tour junkie sent you. Let's get to it. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. PGA tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have a special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rose with Pat. Tour, 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 tour junkies. Yeah, sir, can you get that camera out of here? Quit following me around. I swear, man, these guys are such tools around here. Oh, man, what's going on, Golf Addicts? Uh, DB here, the Tour Junkies. I'm, 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 harnessing my, my, I'm harnessing my BDE, you know, my, 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 my big dick energy, my big Bryson energy, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but it's a good time, man. It's a good time. Welcome to the show. It's the Tour Junkies for the Workday Charity Open. I got my boy Pat Perry with me. You like my hat, Pat? Uh, not really, but... Yeah. Um, does it have a snap in the front? Like, can you unsnap it and... and... No, no, it's, it's okay. stitched. Right. It's stitched. Now, I got to give a shout out to my boy, um, Michael Caridi from Australia, uh, otherwise known as Caridi. Caridi sent me this. He knew that I've got a Bryson DeChambeau bet to pay off. Uh, now, this is not me paying off the bet. I've got a much, much bigger plan in place. I've had a couple people ask me what's happening with that. Um, I, I am planning something epic so you guys know if i lose the bryson impersonation bet it's going to be i I am going to get my money's worth out of out of impersonating bryson but that takes time it doesn't happen overnight this is not our full-time job so i do have the hat i'm working on some other pieces of the wardrobe here um shout out to caridi for allowing me not to have to go to any register and buy this thing I was really kind of dreading that, so it worked out. So that out. thing came all the way from Australia. I mean, that's... All the way from Australia. Um, yeah, so what, what if you wore it like this? Like I mean, a, this was like Cobra, a popular... Cobra yeah, obviously Cobra thinks like you, can, you, you can wear it like that because they put Cobra across the back like that, just, you know, so... Wasn't this popular in, like, the 90s for people to wear hats like this? I feel like it was. I'm a peaky effing blinder, Tim Gaiman says. Oh, I love that show. Peaky Blinders is such a great show. 
We are live on YouTube right now, and if you're watching live, you're, you're seeing this, or, or if you watch it back, um, you're seeing this. I'm not wearing that thing the whole time. I can't, I can't take it, Pat. Um, but we are live on YouTube. Shout you're... out to everybody. I'm, for, for... Say, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're taking that off because I don't want to look at that. Yeah, the it's, time. it's hideous. But it is going to be a really good impersonation, bet, uh, impersonation that I do. Trust me. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best ever. I don't, I don't have a good Trump impersonation. Uh, uh, your hair is now a little disheveled up there, just so you know. Now, what, now before we, we – we're going to talk about podcast juice. I've got some new vodka in here. And I can't remember what it's called. No free ads. Um, that's a, I got a big, heavy Yeti pour here. And before I have anyone piss and moan about the noise, um, I needed a big, heavy pour, and this is the biggest I could get. So if that bothers you, I'm sorry. What you got tonight, bud? I got a little Tito's tonight with a little mixer, just kind of keeping it, just keeping it normal. Nothing uh, too crazy. Um, so, you um, know, I feel like it's going to be a lot of, t there's going to be a lot of Tito's this week because you and I are going to be hanging out yeah. <laughs> over the yeah. weekend, long weekend yeah. for some golf. So, yeah, if you are a, if you're following us on Instagram, uh, especially more than like you should be following us on Instagram. We're now over 30,000 followers on Instagram, which is pretty cool. If you're following us on Instagram, pay attention because we'll at least have some stories going on. But me and Pat and Pat's identical twin brother, Chris, who now guys kind of, it, it, things have kind of happened. Like Pat is almost now better looking than his brother who has been better mm -hmm. looking than Pat for a long time. Uh, Direct TV mm -hmm. Perry, you could argue one, one could argue that now bearded slick back hair, Pat, you know, post quarantine, Pat may be the the more handsome Perry brother, uh, but mm -hmm. me and Pat, and then and then his brother, and then Ben Little, the chalk bomb Ben, will be heading down to Hilton Head Island on Thursday. We're going to play around golf Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to have some fun. Um, I am, I am not in a good headspace for that trip going into it no, right now. You're not. You're not. I have been playing some of the best golf of my life over the last maybe six weeks. And I played yesterday, and I hit the ball as poorly as I've hit it in years. And I hurt my wrist. So I'm going ahead and making excuses right now. It is what it is. I'm still going to go and have a great time. If, if it comes down to it, and all I'm doing is I'm not playing anymore, but I'm riding in the cart, and I'm having some drinks, and I'm videoing the fellas, then I'll just make it all about hashtag content. That, that's my plan. It's going to be a win-win no matter what. That's what mm -hmm. I'm going to do. Indeed. So. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on that. I got to give a shout out somebody who should not be following that, but I got to give a shout out to, uh, our little, our, our littlest, our littlest junior junkies that enjoys listening to us. We got word today. Uh, his name is Lucas DeFrucio, Lucas DeFrucio, three and a half years old. His dad, who we're going to, we're going to hear from a little bit later in the show tonight. His dad just won he just turned like $390 into over $23,000, and he is a Nut Hut member, Mr. Scotty DeFrucio. Uh, but Lucas is a big fan of our intro song. Now, a lot of you people have made, have not, have made fun of the intro song, but forget you. You know what I mean? Because Lucas loves it. And I wanted to give a shout-out to little Lucas. Thanks for listening, man. Uh, apparently, Scotty says he knows every word to the intro song. And then hopefully, <laughs> Scotty – just lets him – I told Scotty I would give him a shout-out before we got too far along into the Tito's because now Lucas probably doesn't need to listen. 
he doesn't need he doesn't need to listen past the first ten yeah, or fifteen minutes. It's time for the earmuffs at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, earmuffs, Lucas, <laughs> earmuffs. <laughs> Dad, I've been holding him on here for forty five minutes during the Tour Junkies podcast. Um, yeah, man, huge hit for Scotty D, Nut Hut member. Uh, we had another Nut Hut member a couple weeks ago. The first week back, finished second in the Millie Maker and went two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. It's been a very profitable week for a lot of folks, but there was some carnage. There was a lot, there's still some carnage. I mean, this is like, I think it's back-to-back weeks where less than like 4% of all Millie Maker lineups got six of six through. So if you're like, yeah. if you're kicking the can and kicking the dog and get just getting pissed off that you can't get six of six through, listen, not a lot of people are getting six of six <laughs> through right now. It's not happening. It's not happening. It was basically play Bryson and a bunch of scrubs and hopefully you, you hit it. And um we've been we've been talking about it listen i mean a lot of people have been talking about it so it's not like we're we're some geniuses but bryson we knew was coming we saw it coming you know at least i've been banging the drum i know you've you've kind of waffled back and forth week to week but you're you're still pretty much there in terms of we knew bryson was gonna was gonna break one out here oh yeah i mean for me it's you know you you were a little concerned about ownership levels which were high he was the highest owned player last week but it didn't matter i mean it he he did what he's supposed to do. He won the Degum tournament. He was the best player in the field, and he won. He was a favorite. So, and and look, I mean, he's he's literally, he's probably going to be the favorite, if not right behind Rory, you know, for every single major going forward, and for every tournament that he enters right now with the way he's playing. I mean, that's just that's where we are with Bryson. Love him or hate him. I mean, that whole Saturday episode with him and the cameraman or whatever was just oh kind of ridiculous. I mean. It's like – and he tries so hard. Like, I heard him on an interview today with Brad Faxon, and he's just like, you know, I just, I just love everybody, and I want, I, want, I want the PGA Tour to just show everybody and, and that they need to be liked and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know, not, not everybody lives like that in a bubble where they – like, you need to be shown. Like, everybody has to be liked. I mean, I get that, you, you know, people are doing good in this world, and we need to see good things. I, I, do, I want to see good things in this world and stuff like that. But, you know, there's going to be criticism, Bryson. I mean, yep. there's going to be people that don't don't like you or don't, you know, I mean, and this is coming from somebody who likes to be liked. Like, I, I mean, and like, I'm a guy that I hate when, like, if I'm in a fight with somebody or, like, you know, I just know that that person doesn't like me. I can just tell. Like, it just burns me up inside. But I, I'll say one thing T, TJ's taught me is a little a little thicker skin. Not, not that much, but a little bit more thicker skin. <laughs> And so he's just got to, I mean, look, be himself. He's going to be Bryson, but the whole thing with the cameraman on Saturday was a little bit ridiculous in my eyes. But he, he freaking won the tournament, showed him up. So, you know what? Of all, of all the things being canceled right now, I say hashtag cancel Bryson's personality is what I say. Like, I, I, I do appreciate that he, what he's doing. I can respect it, I can appreciate it. He is, he has found uh, a magic potion and he's taken advantage of it. More power to him. Um, and he is fun to watch. Uh, and like I've said oftentimes about Patrick Reed, golf needs a villain. And I'm fine with him being the villain. I, I love to hate Bryson. I absolutely love it. Now, I, I will. Can, that doesn't mean I'm not going to play him. doesn't mean I'm not going to bet on him. Although now it's too late to bet on him. We talked about it before the, the or maybe maybe right when we came back from the from the break, getting him on on for masters and PGA championship odds and all that stuff. Like now he's the favorite. Uh, so 
but, but I just, man, the guy could just use a massive dose of self-awareness um, and to be so, so intellectual. And he is smart. I know he's smart. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I know he's a smart guy, but man, he lacks a lot of self-awareness and like emotional intelligence. Um, it's just, it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, it's, it's very fun to watch. So anyway, uh, let's get into it though, buddy. We've got that. We've got also, uh, our buddy Travis Fulton is deciding to hook up a few, uh, hook up a few listeners out there. So if you know, Travis Fulton, we've had him on the podcast before. We wanted to throw this out to you. Now he teaches people how to get better at real golf. We teach people fake golf. He teaches people how to get better at real golf and he is offering his five program golf swing analysis deal to all of our listeners and followers, um, if you sign up for his uh, his little deal, and if you if you're interested, just DM us on Twitter or Instagram or something like that. We've posted about it on Twitter and Instagram lately, um, but you get 10% off. It's like five programs for $65 or, or no $60 because you, you get the 10% off. Um, pretty sweet little deal Travis has going on. Operation Baby Draw is a big deal. So if you're one that slices the ball a lot, cuts the ball a lot. Um, you know, that's, that's a good one. He's got a strokes game lesson in there. And if you're a nut hut member, he will give you a free video analysis, one-on-one video analysis, send him your swing. He'll break it down, shoot you some stuff back to work with if you're a nut hut member. So when you sign up, you just need to let him know that you are a nut hut member. Our boy, Travis Fulton hooking it up. Pat, what a weird, I mean, this is kind of strange, man. I mean, we're coming to a familiar course this week, but we're about to see the course in back-to-back weeks. But the course is probably going to look a little different, and you know the format's slightly different. So, with that being said, why don't you talk to us about the Workday Charity Open, the inaugural Workday Charity yes. Open, two thousand twenty? Actually, it's the inaugural and the only Workday Charity Open because this is basically replaces. It's kind of like a deal the tour did with the John Deere Classic to replace it for like one year. I don't know why they, I guess, cause they, you know, John Deere classic is where it is and that's what they're going to call it. So this is like a replacement event for the John Deere, but next year we'll go back to being the John Deere classic. So workday charity open one and only this year, but we are at Muir- Muirfield village golf club. We'll be here for two weeks in a row. As you mentioned, it is a par 72. It is playing 7,456 yards. Um, you'll notice that um, there's been some change in the yardage, and, and for, especially this week, holes 8, 11, and 15, they've added some additional length to those holes. They've added some tees because they're going to get a lot of play on this course over the next two weeks, so they've had to do, make a lot of changes to make sure that they can accommodate for that. We do have 156 players this week. T65 and ties will make the cut. Now, next week we'll be down to, to 120 because the Memorial is an invitational, so it'll be less players. Um, this is a Jack Nicholas design, just a classic course. Bent grass greens. They do have some Poe in it, but basically they're bent, and they typically run very, very pure. Um, they're extremely, un, extremely undulating greens, um, similar to what you might see at Augusta. You know, Nicholas obviously loves Augusta, so they are kind of similar in that way as far as undulation. Traditional par 72, we got four par fives this week. They play 527, 563, 583, and 560. So some of your longer hitters should be able to have at least a shot at hitting at most of these par fives. And two, you got four par threes out here. Tree-lined fairways. Um, 11 of the holes out here have water in play, so that's something to look at. I think you want to look at guys that are, you know, avoiding those big numbers this week um, with the water in play and that kind of stuff. The fairways are bent grass with POA as well. Kentucky bluegrass rough. 
This is another course that we've seen, literally it's kind of been the theme since we started, just a second shot course, not terribly difficult to hit it into the fairways. Um, as you mentioned earlier, the biggest thing is what they're going to do with this course this week versus next week. This week it's reported that they're going to have the rough down a little bit, so the rough's not going to be as penal this week. And they're going to slow down the greens this week. They're going to be around like 11 on the sit meter as opposed to where they usually are, which is extremely quick, around like 13, which I think they're going to ramp it up for next week. Um, and so they're going to use a, a variety of tee boxes as well, especially on the par threes. So that'll change it up a little bit. As far as stats for me, my most important ones are strokes gained approach. I think scrambling is going to be important. It always is here. Greens and regulation. I'm bringing in proximity. I'm going to throw in a little oh, proximity God. this week. Yeah. I think that's, I think that you is. Held uh, off five. It's, it took yeah. you, let's see, it took you week five to bring in proximity from the, okay, yikes. Just, just noticing it's been important this week and, or well, for the memorial. I mean, it might be a little bit different, but, um, and I said bogey avoidance and then also going to look at um, kind of a longer form putting on bent grass greens as well. We don't have any past champions for this event, but if you want to know who the Memorial past champions are, you got Patrick Cantlay in 2019, Bryson in 2018, old Duff Daddy, Jason Duffner in 2017, Dirk McGurk, who is now back, by the way. Not on, not, I don't know if he's playing. Is he playing this week? I, he may have gotten the invite. He may get in next week since he's a, he's a Memorial Yeah, champion. he's not here this but he week, is, I don't think. He is back off of injury. I think he played the, the web doc, or the Corn Fairy. Damn, I can never – I can't – I cannot still haven't call gotten the, the, the web.com to Corn Ferry transition. Lingmurth in 2015 and then Hideki in 2014. Lingmurth. So, God. There you go. That's a, I mean, that is a weird list of winners right there. I can't stand Lingmurth, man. That guy, I could never nail him. I'm glad he's gone. I could never get him right. Um, yeah, I don't have much to add, man. I mean, I think I, I was looking over some stats. Uh, I looked at some stuff on Data Golf as well that just talked about the most important indicators to, um, to, to kind of point to good play here. Uh, and, and distance definitely took a little hit. Def distance took a hit as compared to tour average. Um, strokes gained approach was obviously pretty big. And one thing that I saw get a pretty nice uptick was scrambling and strokes gained around the green. I, I think that's a that, – I weighted that heavier this week than I do most weeks. Um, so, obviously, I'm looking at strokes gained approach, greens and regulation – uh, strokes gain off the tee I'm looking at, um, but I mean, I kind of, the fairways here, as you mentioned, pretty generous. So I, I feel like a lot of people are going to have not a hard time hitting the fairways here. Um, I, I do think you can, um, you know, this is one of those courses that typically plays pretty tough, but like I said, you know, with the rough being down this week versus next week and the putting, the, the, you know, the, the greens being a little bit slower, I think you can look at scoring a little more than you might typically for the memorial like I think there's yeah. going to be I mean we'll see how this come, we're going to get to see it but I think there's going to be a lot more scoring this week as opposed to next week and and I think they're gonna, it's going to be a, a, a different course in that way because if you get higher rough next week you get faster greens yeah you're going to see you know it's so it's going to play more difficult next week for sure yeah I think that's probably true um all, all, all signs point to this being a little softer this week. Uh, there's a little bit of rain in the forecast coming up too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is all about, as you mentioned, you know, iron play from the fairway. But 
uh, you know, you read a lot of quotes from players and you see a lot of things about being creative around the greens here with all the undulation and, and being able to get up and down. So I, I definitely weighted that pretty good. Other than that, man, that's it, dude. I'm, I'm ready to go. We know what Mirfield is. We, we, we kind of know what Mirfield is already. Um, you know, let, let's get to it. 9K and above range on DraftKings. You're going to give you three GPPs, a cash play, and a fade. I'll start. I think I'm pretty locked in on this one. I, I, you know, I had to narrow it down from a handful of names, but I feel pretty good about sticking to this throughout the week and not coming off of these names. Um, I feel pretty good about it. I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay, who I think is probably going to be uh, a little chalky here as a, as a past champ, uh, $10,600. It's interesting that we, you know, Justin Thomas, your highest price guy, only 11 to one. That's pretty low for, for a top-notch guy. We've definitely seen, you know, 11.5, 11.9 earlier, I think, uh, before, at the restart. We've seen 12K before. So you get a little bit of a softer price up top. Uh, but I love the value for Patrick Cantlay and what he presents at 10.6. He checks, obviously, all the boxes. We've only seen him in one event since the restart where he finished T11 at the Travelers. But he is on record talking about how much he absolutely loves this golf course. And he said that before he won. I mean – Everybody loves a golf course after they win on it. But he said that before he won and after he won. Uh, and I think Cantlay is just too good to pass up. The ball striking, the scrambling is good. Um, you know, I, I feel like I feel like Cantlay is as safe a bet as any. He loves putting on bent greens. Uh, so I, I love the, the, the upside there and the floor. I feel pretty good about Cantlay. Then I'm going to go back to the well, man. I've been, I've been uh, I guess I hammered him at the Travelers when he finished 20th. But Xander Schauffele is hitting the ball very, very well uh, right now. So I love where he's at since the restart. If, if he can just avoid the big mistakes with the flat stick, avoid the big mistakes with the putter, uh, I think we'll be okay. He struggled with three putts since the restart. He, he struggled with those. But, I mean, the tee to green game has been extremely solid for X-Man. So I, I'm, I'm digging him at 10-2. And then finally, amidst all these big, bad pros, I am going to go with Victor Hovland, man. I, I, I'm i going to keep riding the Victor Hovland train. I love the ball striking. He's been absolutely on fire. He's this is his, He's played every event since the restart. But he's a young, just, just young sucker. Like, dang, the boy's just got the energy of a rabbit. You know what I mean? Um but he's playing incredibly. And when you look at the last few events since the restart, what's the area where he's seen the most improvement? It's strokes gained around the green. His chipping is better. He told us that he was going to be working on that during the quarantine. He came out at Colonial and said he'd worked on it in the quarantine because beforehand we all knew he was famous for saying how bad he sucked at chipping. And, and you look at his strokes gain numbers, and they're, he's, he's actually in the positive in strokes gained around the green, which you don't normally find out of him. And I think that's cool. I think that's really cool here, man. I, I, give it to me because the boy don't miss a lot of greens, number one. But when he misses no. them, if, if, he's, if he's chipping it a little better, I think he's just I – I think he's coming, man. And, and he seems just primed and ready to go. And, and I, like, I, don't, I don't mind taking him among guys like Justin Rose and Hideki, and I don't mind taking him. So I'm going to keep riding it. That may be a little chalky up top, um, but I, I, I'm not I, – I don't I – don't, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I mean, Xander was 13% owned at the Travelers, which isn't super chalk. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Hovland's been pretty chalky every week, so he's probably going to stay chalky. But 
I don't care. I'll, uh, I'll eat it. And I'm going to go can't lay in cash. I think you can actually start your cash lineups there in the, in the 10, uh, in that $10,000 range where can't lay is normally I don't do that, but, um, I just think he's such a lock. So I'm going can't lay in cash and my fade, my fade is going to be Brooks. And now I know he had a good, he had a good finish. Uh, he had a good finish at heritage at Harbor town. Um, but I still want to see the consistency. The, even with that finish at Harbortown, his iron play was, I mean, it was basically he, he gained zero strokes. He was dead even with his irons. Not, not great. Before that, when we came back from the restart at the Charles Schwab, he lost five shots on approach at the Charles Schwab. He gained them all back putting, which is great. I mean, he's a good putter. He's a great putter. Um, but I would love to see the iron play a little tighter, and a little more consistent for Brooks. I think he's motivated. We, we heard his press conference at the end of Heritage. He wants to win. I get it. But then you see him on Instagram this week showing half-naked pictures of his girl Jenna and his hands all over that ass. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe he ain't that focused because the irons need to get dialed in a little tighter for me if, I, you know, if I'm going to pay the 10-4 price tag when he's right there with Cantlay and Shawflay. So I will be fading Brooks. You know, I, I – I do like to see him finish seventh. I do like a hungry Brooks, but I need those irons tighter. They're not, they've not been good. So that's it. All right. Well, we're, there's a tad bit of disagreement here, and I will start, though, with my GPP plays, and I'm going to start with where the disagreement is. And I am on Brooks this week at 10-4. I mm. like him a lot. Now, we've seen his ownership basically around like 10% owned since the restart in every single event, which I like, you get a guy like Brooks Kepka with, you know, 10% or less. If we see that again this week, some, I mean, that's pretty good leverage for a guy like him. You know, I mean, the stats, you're right. Do you think, I mean, do you think has, we're going to see that though, with everybody so excited about the seventh place finish and the press conference, you know, towards the end of that, where he's talking about how motivated he is. He told his whole team, he's ready to, for everybody to dig in and get ready. And you know, I mean, do you, he's not going to be lower than 10%. I don't know. I mean, he was 11 at the Schwab, and he was 10.5 or 10.4 at the Heritage in GPPs. Um, I would still expect him to be le- – there may be a little bump, but I wouldn't expect him to be over 15% owned. Yeah, I don't okay. think. That's probably um, fair. But, uh, you know, and here's the thing. You're right. I mean, you look at his strokes gain approach, he's 112th. It's kind of weird that he's 26 in greens and regulation when he's so bad on approach, but whatever. Um, but he checks the box and strokes gained around the greens, and he's second in par five scoring, which I think you do have to score on these par fives this week. And this is the week where you could do it, where they're going to be a little bit easier. He also checks the box. He's 11th in bent grass uh, putting, uh, strokes gained putting, if you look at over the last 100 rounds. Um, so, you know, just going in with a little bit of momentum. He's had a couple weeks off. I, I like Brooks at 10-4. So, a little disagreement there. I will play him. I'm with you with Xander. He was my other GPP play, so I'll skip over him. Um, my last one is down at the bottom, and it's Ricky Fowler at 9,000. I'm just Ricky. Gonna, you know, we're still getting low ownership from him. We finally saw him play decent last week with a T12 finish. Uh, I know we've talked about his, you know, the fact that he's he's got a new coach and he's struggled a little bit, but I, I kind of like what I saw last week from him. And, you know, as far as the stats are concerned, just off his last 12 rounds, He's 36th in approach. He's 44th around the green, 7th in greens from regulation, 10th in proximity, 4th in bogey avoidance, and 1st in par 5 scoring. So, I mean, 
things are improving for Ricky. You, you have to admit that. And you're getting a guy, you know, like him. Let's see. Let me look at his ownership. 9.8 at, at the last week, 9 at the Heart Heritage, and then 11 at the Charles Schwab. So I like that for a guy that's, um, you know, got some serious upside. So I like him here. Um, by the way, in the last three years or five years at um, Muirfield, he's got a second, an eighth, and a 14th place finish. So he's done well on this course. So it's not like, you know, he, yeah. he can't play this course well. So, you know, I like some Fowler this week. Now, I, that, that may be a, a pretty contrarian play to hate on, but I just – I think this could be a good week for him. You, yeah, you. I, I, I mean, you're getting suckered into his, his first good week back. But, I mean, it is – his irons haven't been terrible. He's struggled off the tee a bit. Um, the putter has been okay. It just has it hasn't been Ricky Fowler level putting. I mean, they just haven't quite dropped. Maybe I mean, not. And I will add, I didn't mention this. He is third in the field in, in putting on bent grass greens. Yeah. If you go over a longer period, so he's comfortable in these type greens. So, I mean, that's another reason to look at Fowler this week. Um, so we'll see. I, I actually like Hovland too, but I, I like him in cash. Um, so yeah, that, I, I put him in the yeah. cash slot here at 9,500 for all the reasons that you said. And my fade is going to be John Rahm at 10 9. And now this one's probably pretty bold, but you know, Rahm is he's 70th in the field in strokes gain approach, 83rd in proximity. He's 101st in opportunities gained. We haven't really seen much from him since the restart i mean it's not it hadn't been you know for a guy that's the second highest priced guy this week and most week he's been in the what the top four he misses the cut at the schwab t33 at the heritage and t37 at the traveler so he hasn't that's not getting the job done for a guy that's priced where he is and so i just don't know if you know as, as hot as he was at the beginning of the year and we haven't seen you know based off his play we haven't seen like a huge price decrease off of john Rahm. So I just don't feel like that's a good a good value to play him at. Um, now maybe during the week I'll look on Wednesday and I see him at like you know seven or eight percent owned. I might really want to play him then. But you look at his ownership too. The last you know since the restart, I mean he was over sixteen at the Schwab. He was eleven at the Heritage, which is not bad, uh, and then over sixteen at the Traveler. So I mean his ownership's still been high, and we haven't seen. The greatest of play out of them. So Rom will be my fade there at 10-9. See, I kind of like Rom. Like I, he didn't make my final three, but I he's he's basically number four for me. I think I think what we've seen in Rom is the Charles Schwab was his first event back. That he 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 missed the cut because he lost four shots putting. So the putter was ice cold. He brought the putter back to kind of his his well actually he still hasn't brought the putter back to kind of his where he normally sits in terms of strokes game putting. Uh, he had a fluky, bad iron performance at the Travelers, and he still finished 37th. He lost over four shots at the Travelers, still finished 37th. I mean, he hasn't lost four shots. He hasn't lost that many shots since the WGC Mexico in 2019. Um, and before that, it was WGC Bridgestone in 2017. So that was a major outlier performance with his with his irons. And I actually think that of all the courses he's played, Colonial, Harbortown, and even Travelers, I actually think this sets up to be a better track for him because he, the fairways are wide. Um, I said the distance doesn't matter as much, and it doesn't because it definitely pulls into play some of the shorter hitters that, that hit it tight. But I do think 
he can uh, – I, I think he can use his length to his advantage here because, I mean, typically he's a pretty accurate player off the tee for his length, and he's a, a, a top ten iron player. I mean, like, that's why he's one of the best in the world. So, I actually think Rom has some upside. I, I, I like the bounce back. You know, it's been a disappointing restart with a miscut and basically two top 40s. But I like the – I like a little bit of bounce back here for him. I have to disagree I, with I you think, a little bit on that one. I think if we see some ownership that's, you know, at lower levels – um, we could I, I could get swayed onto playing him, but right now he's a fade for me. Also, just just a quick note: he did miss the cut the one time he's played here, which was 2017. He missed the cut. Um, so just just a little note there. I don't think that makes a lot of difference whatsoever. But um, the week he played here last, he did not play well at all across the board. I will say when I'm looking at this field, just overall, like down in that 6K range, uh, there's not as many names this week that I that I feel great about. I agree um, with you there. Especially when you start thinking about the last couple of weeks with 150 something players, top 65 and ties, you know, making the cut and six of six in terms of DFS being a very rare thing to get. Um, I am a lot less inclined to play some of these 6K guys this week. There's just not as many names that pop out to me. Not there's four that I wrote I wrote down, so I'm still going to give them to you. But you know, last week, even the week before that, I, I liked a lot more. Um, so you know, I think you need to have some of these studs up top. I think that's going to be required just because of the upside. And and I don't I'm not even really a huge fan of the 8K range. Um, so it's all about for me. It's going to be like hanging out in the 9K and above trying to get as many of those players as I can in a lineup and then not dipping below seven to, to kind of fill out my roster. Um, and then in terms of betting, you mean, I'm just going to kind of pound the middle. Uh, and there's a few value plays I see on, on the betting odds as well. So let's get into the 8K range, Pat. Uh, you want to start this one off? Tell me your two tournament plays, your cash play, and your fade. And any bets that you may have, Do you, if you have any bets starting out here. So I will start with uh, I'll start with my two GPP plays and uh, it's gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Cooch. I, I like Cooch this week. He's obviously won this tournament before. Um, we haven't seen him it since the Heritage, where he didn't have you know the the greatest of of starts there. What what did he finish there? T41 uh, when he was relatively high owned. So I, I you know I think that means we're just gonna get a little bit of a you know. Um, you know, his ownership might be just a little bit less, but he checks a box and putting on bent grass. He's 18th in the field there. Um, I think that's, that's a huge thing for him. And then you look at, you know, his stats, um, they're, they're kind of across the board. Um, hang on, sorry, I lost. Um, hey. Hey. Yeah. Cooch, uh, Matt Coocher, have you heard of him? Have you heard of him, Matt Anyway, Kuchar? yeah. So he hasn't, look. <laughs> I don't think the stats are, are – they're not great for him. But I just feel like this is a course that is a great fit for him. And he does, he also – you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of high scores here. He's second in bogey avoidance. Um, Kuchar, for me, it's an ownership deal, though. That's really the play for me. I feel like he's going to have a lot less ownership than he normally has. He's pretty safe at 8,500. And I don't, I don't know if I'd play him in cash, but I do like him in GPP. So, I like him. I like Jordan Spieth at 8,600. I'm going to play him. You're gonna yep. go, you're gonna go to Spieth. Tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why, homie. I mean, this is a great course for him. He loves this course, and he I don't care if the course. greens are 
I don't care if the greens are put or, or slow, fast, whatever. This is a course that he loves. Um, he's number one in the field in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens. So I feel like he can have a good putting week. We do know that he has been all over the place with his driver. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that matters quite as much this week. I think he can still miss the fairway as long as he doesn't miss it by like 40 yards like he does sometimes. But he's, we've seen his approach <laughs> game improve. Done. Yeah. I mean, we've seen his approach game at least improve a little bit. Um, you know, he's not going to be like in the top 20 in the field, but he's definitely in the top first half of the field. And I just think, you know, we continually get low ownership from speed. Nobody believes in him. The DFS world doesn't believe in him. So if you listen to other podcasts, nobody wants to play him. And it's evidence in his ownership, which we've seen since the start of the, the new season. I mean, where he's, let's look, he is 6% in the Travelers, 6% at the Heritage. Yeah. He was 16% at the Schwab, but that was because his course history there is just absolutely ridiculous. And everybody forgot about forgot about Spieth because that was the first event back, and they forgot that, okay, wait a second. We don't really know if he's back or not or whatever. And well, what's weird out. is he was 17% owned at the Schwab, finished 10th, and then the next week at the Heritage, he was 7%. He was 7 Now And he drunk slammed, which – or not, he didn't drunk slam. He finished like DFL, which people, I guess people saw coming. But, I mean, the, the, irons, the irons weren't as good at the Schwab, and he, and he made all of his – he gained all of his strokes at the Schwab putting, but that's what he does. I think Spieth is a – if I were, if, if were going to play Jordan, which as of now I am not – but let me let me have a conversation here with you about him. If I were going to play Jordan in a in DraftKings, I would play him in mass entry large GPPs. I would not play him in cash. I would not play him in a high dollar single entry contest. Um, you could play him in like the five dollar single or the twenty dollar three max or the twelve dollar albatross or the thirty three dollar dog leg. Maybe the hundred dollar single entry, but like I'm not interested in putting a ton of money on him. But he is one of those players who his ceiling I think is still pretty good for for Jordan Spieth on Mirfield. I think his ceiling he's got winning upside. He he could come out and do it like this week. It could happen. I don't think it's likely, but it could. So he gives you that upside. Yeah. And let's just remember this is golf. We've seen guys. I mean, every week there is somebody. Is this golf? That- this is golf. This is golf. Oh, golf is a variable sport. We've there's somebody every single week that you just sort of like, God, that guy didn't, had never checked any, didn't didn't have a single stat. He didn't he didn't do anything that I thought he could do well, and then all of a sudden he does well, and you just never know. But they might be comfortable in the course. But I like speed, and I think we're going to get him again at, at lower ownership. So uh, I will play him. Adam Hadwin will be my cash play at 8200. I just think you know the guy's been in incredible form. He's definitely checking boxes. You look at his, his – he's checking in, in strokes gain approach. He's number one in the field in greens and regulation, 13th in proximity. Um, he puts extremely well on bent grass greens. You're getting him at a good price at 8,200, coming off of, you know, good recent results with a, you know, T4 last week. Um, so, I think that – I think Adam Hadwin is a solid, solid cash play here at 8,200. Um, my fade is going to be uh, the guy that finished second last week and a guy that I actually ended up with in a few lineups, and that is Matthew Wolf at 8,100. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of an ownership boost for him. And I, I oh, don't – Oh, yeah, there is going to be. And, and I, just, I just don't know if I want to take part in that. If you notice, he is very hit or miss. Like, 
He was second yeah. last week, but he missed the cut the two weeks prior to that. And then nothing better than a 52nd place finish when the season was going strong, you know, so the 52nd was at the Arnold Palmer. I mean, he is, he's just a very streaky golfer who I have a problem with having a lot of confidence in. And you're getting him at 8,100, coming off a second-place finish. I just think he, he makes for, like, just kind of a, a, a sucker play this week, especially if he gets, you know, pretty high ownership. I, I don't know where it is right now. but um, So he will be my fade. I, I like the fade. I mean, and here's the thing with Matt Wolf. We've talked about this on the show a bunch. Like, I, I am not sure. The, the jury is out on how repeatable that swing is week in, week out, year in year out and and especially down the stretch on Sunday with a lead as we saw um it, it wasn't great but when he's on he can go stupid low like he really can stupid yeah. low and so he it, it, as if we continue to see that in his young career that makes him a guy that like I kind of just said about Spieth has a really high ceiling um, that maybe when you start to, you know, when you see him dip in the low 7K in DFS or the low or the high 6K, which is where he was last week, he was in the high sixes. Now, which he's is one up. of the reasons that put me on him last week. I mean, I saw him down there and I was like, oh, wait, Maxie so, Wolf right there. So that's one of those on. guys. Yeah, that's one of those guys where at that price, you have so much upside, you, you take that chance. But it, it, when you're spending that, that kind of, that kind of dollar on 8K or if you're, you know, if now his betting odds have slipped into the 50 to one instead of the 76, you know, 75 to one, I, don't, I just don't know if he makes sense at that point. So I agree with you. He was not one I wrote down, but I, I do agree with you there. Um, all right. My two tournament plays, you already mentioned one is Matt Kuchar. Completely agree with Kuch here. I'm going to, I'm going to hope that the, uh, the rust has been knocked off. And, and he's going to come here to Mirfield ready to, ready to roll. And I always love the value that you get with Koosh, the, the low floor. And, again, less than 4% back-to-back weeks have had six of six in the Millie Maker. You know, Kuchar, I feel like, gives you a great chance. He's, he's, Data Golf has him at over 60% chance of making the cut, well over 60% chance of making the cut. I, I like Kuchar just from that safety standpoint with the price tag I'm putting on him. The, the next player that I like in tournaments, I think this is now the second time I've gone to him, uh, like, ever, and that's Matt Fitzpatrick right there at 8K. Love the value that I get with Fitzy. I think this is a golf course that suits him. Um, you know, he's, he's an accurate player, very, very accurate off the tee, very accurate with his irons. It's all great putter, tremendous putter. Um, so, I, I like it. I mean, he can't, he's come out since the restart, finished 32nd at the Schwab, 14th at the Heritage. Miss a cut at the Travelers, but uh, I really like where this course sets up for for Fitzpatrick. I think I think this could be uh, a great week for him, and I love the value. Does it make and, you feel any better about Fitzpatrick that he's going to have bones on the bag this week? Uh, I mean, I thought about that. I mean, I think he's going to have him on for next week as well. Yeah, so he's going to have him on. Yeah. cool. Um, I mean, I don't know what that's – at the end of the day, I don't know what that's worth. I mean, Bones is – I don't know. Maybe it's worth – maybe it's worth a half a stroke in the tournament. I, I don't know that it's worth a full shot over four rounds, but, I mean, every little bit helps for sure when you're trying to get a six to six through. Um, I also like him at 55 to one. I found him on 55 yeah. to one – at 55 to one on, on DK Sportsbook. Uh, I like that. And then my cash play is your cash play. It's Adam Hadwin at 50 to one, also on DK Sportsbook. 
you know, in terms of a tournament play, he's going to be chalky. He's been chalky the last couple of weeks. He's played really well. He's given you – I'm not saying you can't play him in tournaments. You definitely can. Just know that you're playing a chalky player and you're going to need to make sure you you, you have leverage somewhere else. Um, but in cash, he's a lock. Uh, I love Hadwin here. My fade for this this range is going to be Sungjae, man. Um, and Sungjae's rated out pretty high. But what I don't like about Sungjae since the restart is Sungjae's irons need to be rebooted. Like somebody needs to check the wiring on <laughs> Sung on on Sungjae's uh, motherboard and figure out why he can't hit an iron all of a sudden. Since uh, I mean, in his last three events, last week the Travelers and the Heritage. By the way, in typical Sungjae fashion, he's played every event since the restart. This will be event number five, okay? And he's only missed one cut. So let's see, he's going on. Four four, eight, 12, 14. So he's played 14 rounds since the restart tournament round since the restart. Um, but in the last three events, he's not gained a single shot in approach. He lost two shots last week, two shots at the travelers, more than a half a shot at the heritage. I don't like that. And, and that's not where Sung Jay has been historically. We we're not seeing that. And, and this is a, we talked about, this is a very much we say this a lot, but this is for sure a second shot golf course, and I I want to see Sungjae a little more dialed in, hitting it into the proper on the proper tiers of these greens before I play him at eighty nine hundred. So Sungjae for me is a fade, a kind of I guess you would say more of a bold fade in, in this range. Yeah, I actually thought about him as a as a fade and. Um... I wasn't bold enough to 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 say to say that he was a favorite. I agree. Like I think he, I think he, you're you're onto something there. So I'm with you. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Props to Fantasy National too for some of the new stuff they 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 they've built in over here with this new uh, the new sneak peek feature where you can build these models out because being able to look at some of this stuff so much quicker you know, allows me to dive deeper on a Monday so I can really like get in there. I have time to like really get in there and dig. So uh, shout out to fantasy national. If you guys haven't joined fantasy national so far, I don't know what you're doing. If you're betting on golf or playing DFS golf, you need to be a member at fantasynationalcom slash TJ, or whenever you sign up, it'll ask you, how'd you hear about us? Type in tour junkies. You get 20% off any membership that you uh, you pick there, you can get a weekly membership, a monthly, or an annual. And if you get the weekly and you just want to try it and you love it, and then you sign up for the annual, you still get the twenty percent off. It's a great deal. Uh, it's where we get you know all of our stats. Like it's a fantastic spot. You got uh, lineup optimizers, lineup builders, um, all kind of tools. Whether you're betting or playing DFS, so fantasynational.com/tj. We've been using old Fantasy National for what like. Three, three years three now? Three years at least, yeah. God's made so, my life way easier. It's definitely a lot better than when we first started. Um, yeah. Love it. All right, let's get to the 7K. Now, this is this is a tough range for me. I, huh, I really some... I like this range a lot, and this is where I think you really need if, – if you're going to be winning – if your screens are going to be green on Sunday, this is, Which I this, hope is they where, are. this is where it's at. Um, so – Man, there's so many decisions, dude. I, I I like so many players here. Um, why don't you start? Because I'm 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 still trying okay. to fi- I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I'll start with Cash, and I kind of debated back and forth between this guy and Cash, but 
I still think you can play him in cash, and that's Joel Damon at 7,700. Yeah. I think he's a good cash play. I think this is a great course fit for him. I mean, you look at all the stats across the board. I mean, he's, he's checking the box and approach, greens and regulation, proximity, bogey avoidance. He's 10th in the field in opportunities gained. If he has a good putting week, um, he should easily make the cut and then, and, and then some, have a chance yeah. to, to win. I think if you're looking at Joel Damon, like this week versus next week with the course playing a little bit more difficult, I like him way more this week than I do next week. Um, so I'm a big fan of Damon this week. It's I kind of like him on both. I'll, yeah, I'll I mean, it both. could be both, but I'm just saying I think he's going to have a better chance to score uh, this week, so we'll see. But I do like him at cash. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Man down. You want me did, to you think your part, did you think your co-host was about to have a heart attack for the first time ever on the show? What if you did? What if you did, though? Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, I hope you don't die. I mean, you had, you, a, you had a tiny seizure one time. I did. Oh, no. I, <laughs> no, I had a uh, – I, I had like a TIA. I had like a mm. mini stroke is what that was. Not a seizure. I didn't have a Sorry, seizure. Sorry, mini, mini stroke. had a TIA. Yeah. But it would be crazy. Like, imagine how much um, pub we would get if you, like, did have a heart attack live. And again, you recovered fully. In fact, okay, so I was alive. I was, you, I was about to say you had like, such a such a, a timely heart attack that you you it actually it actually exposed to the doctors that you were almost completely blocked. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then they were able to go in there and fix it and like basically prolong your life for another like twenty. But you still like did have a heart attack live on the show. Like that could be a viral video. We could we could we could blow up. Would <laughs> you would you be willing? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Okay, yeah. as long as I was—I okay. mean, as long as I wasn't dead at the end of it. Like, have some fries, said, like, then, man. Have there's there's a success story here at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't want. I don't want you to to. I don't want it to be the the widow maker. You know what I mean? I just want you to just just a little bit. Okay. Um, anyway, back to the picks here. <laughs> um, I'm liking Scott Stallings at 7,300. We've seen him play extremely solid. Just you know, since he we we've come back here. And he still stays relatively cheap. I mean, he's at 7,300. He was T48 at the Heritage, T6 at the Travelers, T39 last week, where he really had a chance. You know, he, he came in strong to the weekend and just kind of faltered a little bit on the weekend. Yeah, but we I had him at 100 to 1, too, on freaking. Oh, yeah, and just painful. didn't. I mean, you had to score, though, on the weekend. You had to. You had to, to at least be like you know, 12 under on the weekend to be in, in, in the top 15 or whatever. And he just wasn't. Yeah. So, but I still like him at 7,300. There's a lot of guys really that you could talk about here that, that I like. Yeah. Um, and let's see another guy that I like bottom end of it, Zach Zon- Johnson at 7,100. I think he's a good play this week. I didn't even talk Dang, about him. I didn't see that Zach Johnson coming. Look, out. you're going to get I Zach see, Johnson. I didn't see you pulling your Johnson out. You're going to get him at like, one or two percent owned he's played this course nine times he's played this tournament he has never missed the cut here he is number one in bogey avoidance okay so you talk about the water off the tee and and you know on some of these greens i think that's important there i think the ownership's going to be low he's top 10 in the field and and putting on bent grass greens and you know what i mean his form hasn't been terrible you know he did miss the cut at the heritage but he had a you know a t11 at the travelers T43, 
at the Schwab. You know, he's got a lot – he's got some upside, I think, at 7,100. So, I think Zach Johnson is just kind of an out-there gut play that you can go with this week. Because um, there's a lot of guys that we could talk about who, we, you know, we've been talking about most weeks, like Patrick Rogers and um, Harold Barner and those type guys that have been pretty popular over the last few weeks. But you're going to get Zach Johnson very low-owned. Um, let me pull him up just – just to give you a little example. Do, of where but do you are. like Zach? So he was at he was at point three at the Travelers. Yeah, yeah. He's he not going to be. He's not going to be high. It's point eight. All, I mean, like, and we're talking we GPP plays right here. So right, right, this right, is. Right. I'm not just going to give you the Harold Varner who I like. I like him. I like Patrick Rogers this week. Um, my my cash play is Kevin Strillman. I think Kevin Strillman's a great play this week. Um, he'll probably have a little bit higher ownership, but I think he's a good play as well. Um, is so, Kevin's okay? I got a number of things going on here. I don't know that I like Zach as much this week at Mirfield as I do Zach next week at Mirfield. I, I like Zach better on the firmer, faster, you know, uh, higher rough in, in the fairway, so more penal if you miss it, faster greens. I, I feel like I like Zach better there, but I mean, I. I don't. I don't hate it. I just think if I was gonna pick a week to play him, I would play him next week. That's just me. Uh, you mentioned okay, Strillman. You what? Um, I just, let, I just, me, just let, let me finish my call rebuttal, Patrick. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. You know, with Strillman. Um, let me go back to him. I mean, he had a great week at the Travelers. Finished runner-up. I mean, before that, he and sucked. He's, on on two courses that were just as good a fit for him as as this place is. I mean, actually, I would argue Heritage and Colonial, Harbortown and Colonial, are probably better fits for him than TPC River Highlands. Well, but, but he's I, played I, I well here. You I look can't at predict you look him. at four. You look at four of the last five times he's played here. He has finished in the top twenty with a fifth place last year. So, I mean, he's obviously shown that he can play well on this course. Um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, like you mentioned it earlier, the Bombers don't necessarily, you know, thrive here. We saw the past champs. They're all over the place. Um, I think Strowman makes for a good play. I do think his ownership will be interesting to look at. But, I mean, look at his stats. He's 35th in strokes gain approach. He's 10th in greens and regulation. 27th in par five scoring, 54th in opportunities gained. So I think I just I like Strillman this week. I think it is it's it's a good play. I have a bonus play by the way that I love. I got Cam a Champ. Of them. Cam Champ at 7700. Two straight top 15 finishes. Checks a box of greens and regulation and approach. I think you're going to get him at low ownership again this week. He could end up being like the Matthew Wolf of of last week. We could see, but I, I don't know. Dang, so I you like just said Matt Wolf. Way to go, dude! I, I can't. I don't know how you said it last time. You you actually said the L in there that time. Okay. Anyway, good. You, for you, you go man. with the second Congrat- range. Congratulations. Um. Yeah, this this is tough. First of all, I'll, I'll go ahead and say I 100 agreement on Joel. Um, he's my cash play. He's definitely a tournament play if you want to do that. He's going to be chalk, but play him. Uh, if you're a Nut Hut member, we tend to. Uh, we tend to get at least some sort of a readout on whether our, our Joel love should be confirmed or denied by Wednesday night. So pay attention to that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with a guy up top at 7,900, Byung-Hun Ann, uh, who has not played great since we restarted. But I just – I like the upside. I like the, the, the dart-throwing ability of Byung-Hun Ann. 
He's one of the best. That was my fade, by the way, which I never mentioned. Oh, is it? Okay. (laughs) He's one of the best. uh, He's fifth in this field over the long term in strokes gained around the green. He's always been a fantastic chipper, uh, you know, scrambler around the greens. He doesn't, doesn't, he's not that accurate, but I think the wider fairways help him out a little bit here. So I think he's a shitty putter. Yeah, but he's He's always been that way. He's 143rd in the field in strokes gained putting on bent. Yeah, well, actually, believe it or not, his bent's his best surface. So, I mean, how is bent his best surface? Like it, it is, it, it's his best surface. If you look over the long, if you look over the long term, yeah, I mean, well, then talk about like a like you got to be impressed with his like badness on greens. In well, any I'm just, I'm just, yeah, his green. He's a horrible putter, okay, but horrible putters. Still, but he's a good. I mean, he's a good player. I'm not saying they have like, fluky weeks. I mean, he finished fourth yeah. at the Honda, ninth at the Waste Management. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he's got a ton of upside. We know Byung-Hun An has been very close for a, a couple of years now. And I just – I think in this week where I think it's going to be a little more of a birdie fest, I don't – I don't – I kind of want a little piece of that upside action. That, that's all I'm saying. Um, I also am going to drop down and have a little bit of Billy Ho. Uh, I like the accuracy from Billy. I like the um, – I like the, the course history here. I like the fact that I feel like I'm going to get a cut maker out of Billy. I, I think he'll be, I think he'll be kind of mid, mid-range popular. He hasn't come out and really killed it since the restart, so that might suppress ownership a little bit. But uh, overall, long term, Billy is a very accurate player, solid iron player, um, and I like the value at 7,500. I'm going to go back to the well. We were both on him. We both mentioned him last week. He finished T8 at the Rocket Mortgage, and he was only like. I don't know, like 8% owned, and that was Maverick McNeely. I'm going to go back to Maverick. Um, I think he's an interesting play here. Another guy who just puts he puts the lights out and, and a pretty solid ball striker and just pretty solid tee to green all the way around. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with on Billy Ho and McNeely. Um, but, man, there are a lot of other names in here. So Byung-Hun Ann is 70 to 1, Horschel 70 to 1, McNeely's 130 to 1, which I think is stupid long on DraftKings Sportsbook for a guy who's, yeah, had some top 10s on tour. He's playing good right now. He's trending nicely. I, I, th- I think that 130 number is, is a little too high. By the way, Joel Damon, 100 to 1. I think that's very high as well. I would rather have the Damon, and if I had to pick two out of there, I'd take Damon at 100 to 1 and McNeely at 130 to 1. Um, for sure. So I do like that. Uh, my fade, I mean, I talked about Streelman a little bit. I actually think, I mean, I'm going to argue with you a little bit here. I think Cam Champ's a fade. I think Cam Champ's a fade. Maybe we do a Cam Champ, uh, Byung-Hun, and bet. You know who, you know who loses more strokes putting on bent than Byung-Hun, and his name is Cameron Champ. Cam Champ sucks putting on bent green. He absolutely sucks putting on Ben Greens. Now, last we couple don't have weeks, as much of a we don't have as he's much done a little a, better. Yeah, but we don't have as much of a history with Champ got, than we do with on. We've got uh like 20 some 30 something events, which is not a small sample size, but I mean out of that sample size is is not it's not been great. Um he's a horrible chipper, horrible scrambler. Short term, long term, horrible scrambler. So if he's missing greens, he is not likely to get up and down and, and make it happen. He better be 
hitting greens. And, and as I mentioned, length is not as important. Last week at the Rocket Mortgage, he gained 5.7 strokes off the tee because he just blasted it all over the yard. He's not going to – you don't necessarily do that here at Mirfield. He gained 2.7 the week before. I, I just don't feel like this is one of those spots. To see, play that's Cam the thing Champ. with you – when you look at you look at Champ, I mean – I mean, these are all – all these courses are like, you know, tight, tree-lined. You talk about the Charles Schwab where he finished T14. And then last week at the, at the Rocket Moors, which I think was is even a little bit more wide open than you, you see at, at Colonial. And, and he's known for being a bomber, but he's still playing extremely well. I mean, coming off of the restart. I mean, two straight top 15 finishes – you know, in, his, in, in the only two starts off of three months off. So, I don't know what he's working on or what's working, but it something is, and he's he's playing well. And you're right, Bent's his worst surface. Um, Bermuda's his best surface. Um, I guess if you look at it, his you know, he's definitely gaining strokes off the tee. Um, he gained a ton of – he's gained three strokes on approach at the Charles Schwab, and his putting has been really good. I mean – Actually, because we talk about how bad his putting is, I mean, he's gained strokes in the only two events he's played. So, um, so maybe that's what, what he did. Maybe what that's if, what he did in the offseason. He just spent – like, he had his own little putting green because he couldn't go anywhere else. So, maybe he just spent, he just putted his ass off for three months. I don't know. <laughs> like, what if we – Because look at this, a, by the way. Oh, by my way, God. What? Look at this. I can argue with you just like you can argue with me. Lost strokes at, at the AT&T, lost strokes at the Genesis, lost strokes at the Autumn Palmer, and then gains 2.8 at the, at the Schwab and gains one it. at the Rocket Mortgage. So, listen, maybe I'm not, he spent some time on the putting green. Maybe. I'm not willing to, after two freaking events in the positive, crown Cameron Champ as some putting guru, unless you tell me he went and saw Brad Faxon over the break. If you tell me he saw but Brad Faxon, then all bets are off. But Speaking you'll play Ben on, who like is the worst yeah, putter in, but, in America. But who, here's the thing: he's he's a be, he's probably a better iron player than Cam Champ. He just doesn't he just doesn't gain the strokes off the tee as Cam Champ. He's he's a better iron player. He's light years better at scrambling. Literally, Byung Hun An at the top of the list scrambling. Cam Champ at the bottom of the list scrambling. And over the long term, they're both pretty equally garbage putters. So I, I think long term makes sense there. Why don't we have a bet? Why don't we have a Cam Champ versus Byung-Hun An bet straight up, and the loser, the loser has to do something that our friend, our caddy friend, Brett Swedberg, recommended back in a couple weeks ago. The loser has to drink a healthy shot of ranch water to start the, the podcast off next week. You got to take a big old gulp of ranch water. All right, I will take that bet. I think that you're yeah, you will, lose. because if you didn't, you'd be called a pansy. People would kill you if you didn't. No, because I think – and also I've won, like, every single bet this year. You have. So. You have. I, I, the odds say I cannot – I've a win has got to be coming for me. So, um, it's just a straight-up matchup. Whoever – how about this? How about we say if they tie at the tournament level, like if they both finish, like, T21, okay, then the tiebreaker is whoever scores the, more dra- the most DraftKings points. I'm fine with that. I mean, okay. that, I mean that's it's going to help whoever plays them if they play them if they have more a little bit more DraftKings point and they get five or six yeah. because yeah. okay, all right, okay, let's get into you're going to start the six K. You're going to start the six K okay. range because I've I started start the, the last two. Okay, 
Uh, I will start the 6K range then. Um, there, so I got four names in here that are kind of catching, catching my eye. Uh, let me find the first one here. So the first one's Mr. Jim Furyk. Um, old, old Jimmy. I don't love it. Okay, I don't. This isn't the one I feel the greatest about. But in terms of someone who has a lot of experience here, who from a long-term course fit definitely fits the bill in terms of being extremely accurate, hitting a lot of greens in regulation, obviously Jim is there. Now, similar to Zach Johnson, he may be one that I prefer to play next week. But he's just one in the 6K range that kind of catches, catches my eye. Um, one that I, that I like that I think you can get a little more leverage out of and maybe have a little better upside is Richie Wierenski, who's been playing pretty good since the restart, and he's trending nicely. Came off and started uh, the, the restart by making a cut, but finishing 58th, okay? Uh, then he went to the Travelers, finished 46th. Then he played last week and finished 21st. He's trending nicely. The ball striking is getting there. Uh, and if you look, his best putting surface over his career – is bent grass, okay? And then when you look at fairways gained, he has been extremely accurate the last couple weeks. Just last week of the Rocket Mortgage, he gained 7.4 fairways on the field, which is pretty freaking good last time I checked. Greens and regulation numbers off the charts. You know, 6,800 bucks for Richie Wierenski, who's been putting the lights out as well, and, and fairly accurate, I think, is, uh, is a neat play. Now, I'm going to skip over uh, Matt Naismith, as I'm sure everyone is, is shocked to see me do. Not that I don't like Matt Naismith. Uh, he is definitely of interest. But I'm going to go with a guy who we've not seen yet. We haven't seen him since the restart. But long-term, if you look at his long-term, what does this player do well? He putts. He only gains strokes putting on one putting surface, and that is bent grass greens. Historically, very accurate driver of the golf ball. Historically, positive in strokes gain around the green and strokes gain putting. That is Can Mr. Nick Taylor. Up, oh, sorry, right. sorry. Uh, that is Nick That's Taylor. That's who I was going to guess, by the way. <laughs> just before the restart, won the Pebble Beach Pro Am. So, you know, I think I think one of the things that you got to know is when you when you get guys down here, knowing that there's a lot of upside. That top ten upside is key. Um, you know, you had Matt Wolf last week at sixty eight hundred dollars, who finished runner up. So you got to find guys with some upside. And I think Nick Taylor gives you a little bit of that. He's not sexy. He doesn't. He doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy in my, uh, you know, in my regions. But you know, it, I I like him. I, I like to play. And then finally, I'm going to go with Henrik Norlander, a guy who we put a bunch of people on last week and the week before that and the week before that. Uh, finished 12th at the Rocket Mortgage. Norlander is a ball striking fool, y'all. He just can't putt. So. 6500 bucks is worth taking the gamble. I mean, he's he's been playing so, so good, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks. L last week, he gained 8.3 shots approach. Now, is that going to continue? Probably not. But, um, but I think you can get – if you want a $6,500 player, if you want a 67 and below $100 player who can make a cut, I think Henrik Norlander can check that box for you. So I think uh, let me see let me see if I got any bets down here. Um, I do have a bet of a guy I didn't name, but um, I think he's actually in the seven k. I, I think I skipped over Sepp Straka at one hundred and seventy five to one. He's another player I like. 
So there you go. That's, yeah, that's it for me. The... All right. Well, you've, uh, I guess I'm glad we, we can, the, the listeners may be glad that, uh, we can shorten the show probably a little bit here because uh, there were several guys that you mentioned that I already had written down. One was being, was Furyk. I'm not as confident like you uh, said as, you know, but I think as far as a 6K guy, I think he makes a lot of sense here and he's got a lot of experience. So I'm with you there. Richie Wierenski was my guy that I liked a lot. And um, so probably I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised that you mentioned him as well, but I will be uh, playing him. I think he's a good play here. Um, yeah, there's not. And Nick Taylor also was another one. I was kind of surprised you mentioned him because I thought you might stay away from a guy who hasn't started back, um, you know, since the restart. But I do, I do like him. Um, who can I add right now that you did not mention? Um, there's, I mean, there's a few names that are interesting, but I just don't feel great about this range, honestly. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is that I don't I don't think I'm going to play a ton of guys now. I'll I'll, I'll say it, here's a guy that's just not exciting at all, but hmm. has is just a very solid golfer, and that's Michael Thompson at 6900. I mean, yeah. the guy is just nobody. He he has no love, and he's but he's he's solid as they come. He's made all three cuts since the start, with a T8 being at the Heritage, which is a good course for him, and this is another good course pit for him. Um, he's not the longest off the tee, um, but he's a good. You know, he's he's great as far as you know his his um, his iron play and everything else. So I think that uh, Michael Thompson, you know, he's 37th in the field in strokes gain approach. He's 15th in proximity. Um, avoids big the big numbers. He checks a box in bogey avoidance. Um, so I think that Michael Thompson could be a pretty good play this week at 6900. Pretty kind of safe play that you could go to now not not for cash but again a guy that's a cut maker that's not very exciting that's going to have low ownership so i like him as far as tournaments are concerned so there you go those are my gpp plays for the workday charity awesome awesome there we go good stuff pat uh now we want to end the show uh, we want to end the show with some a segment that we haven't done in a long time. Uh, it's time for TJ Hotline Bling, where you, the listeners, the viewers, call into the TJ Hotline. You leave us a voicemail. We discuss. We talk about it. Um, I'm excited about tonight. I'm, I'm excited about having the voicemails tonight. Now, um, if, you, if you don't know, you can call and leave a voicemail at any time, any time. And just because now I will say this, there's a few voicemails that did not make the show tonight. Um, you may you may find yourself on in a coming in the coming weeks. There was, I know there's a few in particular that were kind of strategies thoughts that I think we could definitely hit on later. Um, but if you want to call, it's 706-623-3428 is the number to TJ Hotline Bling. 7066 Addict is how that goes. That's that's a, that's a real cute thing we did a while back. 706-623-3428 is the number. Our first caller came in, and uh, we know this guy. He's, he's a good dude. What up, Tour Junkies? It's Marcus Griffin. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call and share some love uh, for Pat. Um, man, this guy is it's so sharp. He managed to, uh, to tie in both his wife's birthday and their anniversary on the same day. I recently found that out trying to set him up some, with some golf when I was down in Savannah and uh, the, the day that uh, 
we were looking at happened to be that day. So obviously he had did not have a pass for golf. Um, the second thing uh, I wanted to bring up, man, is is it legal to gamble in Georgia? Come on, guys. <laughs> we keep on having these awesome bets every week, and uh, you know I know I know some of the sites you can get on with Bitcoin or, or some other stuff like that. I, Hadn't really got into that yet, but uh, looking forward to gambling when it finally gets legal here in Georgia. I uh, appreciate you guys. Catch you. You know, I don't know if Marcus knows this or not, but um, we are not we are not congressmen or senators. So, uh, in terms of Georgia legalized betting, Marcus, we're not we're, we don't have any influence on that, bud. But you know, definitely encourage all you Georgians out there to make that happen. This is why we got pissed off at Virginia Galloway a couple weeks ago for putting. Well, it and the thing is, it basically got tabled now to 2021, so it's not happening this year. Uh, if you're looking at Georgia. Um, I appreciate Marcus's comments on um, me having the my wife's birthday and our anniversary on the same date, and act and saying that was like a good thing, but like I I don't see it that I think it's a bad thing. Like I don't I don't see it as a good thing. Maybe because you you can remember the day, like like there's like there's only one day instead of two days that you got to remember. So as guys, like we have, we have problems with that. Like we forget shit. Cause that, I mean, I do, I don't know about you DB, but I do, I forget shit. Yeah. And so, and so there's some, pro so that, that helps me out. But then the problem was because if you know my wife, she said, okay, this doesn't mean you can get one gift for both. Like you got to get, you got to oh. get one gift for the anniversary and you got to get one gift for the birthday so like that screws me a little bit and from that standpoint now what i've learned over the years is that for the anniversary i can do like flowers or something like that in a card and i can be okay but for the birthday i gotta get something else but yeah i'm i'm probably in the minority i don't know many people i'd love to know if there's anybody else that else out there that you know can that actually has their their wife's birthday and anniversary on the same day it's funny by the way, my parents, my dad's birthday and their anniversary is on the same day, which is kind of interesting that that happened, but sort of, uh, anyway. Well, well played by you. I mean, I think it's actually a, a, a great, I, I was thinking that Marcus was, was saying you're, you're a pretty sharp guy because you were able to, you know, make sure that you, you, you set the wedding date on a weekend where you could just kind of lump everything all together and you only have to think about it. Now we'll say you only have to think about it for one week a year, one weekend, which is nice. That's, that's, that's. Yeah. So another, look, let me like the other downside to that is that you'd lump it all into one weekend. So it's gotta be special. Like if you screw it up because you only have one weekend or one day or whatever, you screw that whole shit up and it's all your, but your whole world's busted up. Whereas like if you could, you could have had, like if you have a birthday in June and then an anniversary in like, October, which not would not have happened for me because that's football season. But anyway, if you had that whole if separation there, like you can make it up if you screw up the birthday. Whereas I have to make everything has to be perfect come that day, like everything. So there's there's some good and bad here. We could argue this for for a little bit. But so anyway. Marcus Marcus Griffin is live on YouTube. The the the, the guy who left the voicemail and he just said, uh, Pat, you just have to get one big gift. You know what I mean? It probably 
it probably does suck for you too because you know you 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 only get the sexuals you probably only get the sexuals just once you know what i mean and, and where you'd be trying to take advantage of that twice you know um well maybe that's your birthday her birthday she, you you're 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 not getting anything but anyway uh okay uh good good all right let's let's go to the next voicemail let's see if i can let's see if i can make this work for the next voicemail here we go hi this is Ryan, and I want to know you think that Book and Sky will play as well this week. And also, how do you like that voicemail in the CD? Let's go. Looks like it's awesome. Brian, thank you so much for the voicemail, buddy. Listen, um, your boy DB, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll take the latter question first about the Bryson win. I, I'm not hating. I'm not, I'm not. I don't, I'm not hurt by it. Like I, I, I said, I've been banging the drum for weeks. It's coming. I knew it was coming. I, and I think he's good for golf right now. I just think he's a total butthole and, uh, and a horrible, horrible level of emotional intelligence and um, some common sense. But yeah, Ryan, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't mind the Bryson win. I think it's very interesting for golf and it's been exciting to see as we come back now. Ryan also asked about Brooks, which we've already talked about, but he also rubbed some salt in the wound of Mr. Pat Perry, who oh, jumped gosh. on Scotty Scheffler last uh, that's... week. And and Scotty, Scotty shot a like seven over and then a seven under to miss the cut by like five. Yeah, I, I think um, Ryan. I will say this, Scotty, who yes, he did burn me. Um, I, I mentioned I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Kepka this week. Um, Scheffler, we're getting a good price decrease on him. And I was think here's the thing after Friday or Thursday's round, I thought something was wrong. And we've seen that there's possibly some injury concern and something like that. But if he goes and shoots us, he shot seven under on Friday. Yeah. Obviously, he – I don't know. So, I think you get a little bit of good value out of Scotty Scheffler this week at, at where he's priced. So, uh, Ryan, you know what's going to happen. Come Wednesday night, he's going to end up in some of my lineups. And I'm – Dude, you were, be... you were raging on Scotty Scheffler on, a, on our group text with Ben. Uh, oh, I was raging. Yeah, for totally sure. Totally raging. Um yeah, it, it, we did hear, unfortunately, after Wednesday night, we did hear that, that Scheffler may be dealing with a little bit of an injury. But that we heard that on Thursday, and then, and then he comes on Friday and shoots seven under. And it's like, okay, well, maybe did he get healed? Um, did, he go to a, did he go to some kind of a service? Was there a, a hypnotist in Detroit? Like somebody um, hypnotized him and said, oh, wait, Scotty, remember you're actually a pretty damn good golfer, and yeah. now he is? Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I, I, I think I could be – there's – he I, I, I love the question because I think Scheffler is going to be kind of one of those polarizing players this week that a lot of people are going to look at come Wednesday and maybe get on, and hopefully he does not burn them again like he's been doing to me the last few weeks. But, Ryan, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you listening to us, and uh, we appreciate the questions as well. All right, last voicemail of the night. This is my favorite one from our boy, Scotty DeFrucio, who I meant, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I feel like you're doing a good job. You've already think, talked about him earlier. I thought that, I think I'm can't killing it. Yeah. He won 25, around 24K this week, won the, the Pat Mayo Open, and uh, got, got kind of 
I mean, took advantage of some good luck on DraftKings messing up the pay structure. But I also asked him because he messaged us. He's telling us thanks. And by the way, for all you wanting to know, he did put in a, a sizable order on tourjunkies.com. It's going to put Pat to work. So, Pat, uh, you know, you're going to have to put uh, put a little effort into that one. Maybe throw, throw in a few little extra things for that. But um, he'll get some extras. I asked him, I said, hey, you know, what, what are you going to what are you going to do with the money? Like, give tell us what you're going to do with a little bit of the money. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, this, this right here about brought a tear to my eye, okay? It about brought a tear to my eyeballs. So let's, let's see if I can get this going again. Hang on. Hey, DB, Pat, uh, Scotty DeFruto here, man. Uh, what an awesome weekend um, to win the PME Open um, was probably the coolest thing, uh, especially considering that whoever created the competition this week screwed up the payout. And uh, they paid out very top-heavy, which is something the PME never does. Um, this next coming week, uh, the first place is 7,500. Um, so I got really lucky. Um, it was uh, an awesome weekend. Uh, me and my little boy, we watched it um, on the couch, and it was, you know, the roller coaster of emotions was was wild. Um, definitely gonna take care of my kids. Um, my two-year-old daughter is about to be out of her crib and into a, a bed, so definitely going to get her a nice bed, um, probably update a little bit of the furniture in our house. Um, we built the house a few years ago, actually, so um, we definitely could use some new furniture to go with the new house. Um, but, uh, you know, I just want to thank you and Pat. Um, you guys are, you know, someone I've always listened to ever since I started doing PGA DFS, um, and it really... Uh, is awesome to be a Nut Hunt member. Um, I'm definitely going to be buying some merch um, because you guys are definitely a big uh, a big reason that uh, I've been you know in DFS golf for so long. Um, thanks so much. I love the pod, um, and I look forward to tonight's pod. See you guys later. There he is, Scotty D from New York. DB Pat, love the pod. <laughs> Pat Pod, Pat Pod, uh, dude, that was good stuff, man. I'm so happy for you, buddy. I think that's uh, that's great. And then the fact that you just you didn't think of yourself first when it comes to purchases. You thought about everybody else in your family and things like that. I think that's that's good. Um, well, he did you know, buy a boatload of tour junkies gear today, so I, don't know. I didn't realize, by the way, that because um, I was looking at the contest and I was like, "What? What's going on with twenty thousand to first? I didn't realize that it was a screw up. I thought it was just like the contest all of a sudden got bigger and and everything else. But I did notice how top heavy it was, and it's usually not that way for you know Mayo's contest, which is a great. If I mean, it's a great one to enter. So I was when I saw twenty grand, I was like, "What?" what is going on here with the 20 grand? So I guess that's not going to be uh, happening anymore. No, I it's, think already, it's already been, it's already been regulated back to the yeah. flatter payout structure this week, man. But dang Scotty D we appreciate the love, man. That Scotty Scotty's little boy is the same one I was talking about at the beginning of the show that loves singing the song, but you know, just a nut hut member with TJ taking little baby girls out of their cribs into their big girl beds. You know what I mean? Like that just got me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a girl dad. I got my little girl and she's my heart. And I'm just thinking, Oh man, some little girl's about to get a really sweet little big girl bed. Cause Scotty D hit it in the nut hut. And then he, and then he put together a great lineup, put together a great lineup. One twenty grand. It gets me, it gets me in the cockles. You know what I mean? Like right here in the cockles. 
So, yeah, Just, yeah. Uh, we appreciate yeah, that. I love hearing and, that. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's he's a good dude up in New York. He works at a prison up there in New York. So we appreciate you, man. You stay safe out there. Thanks for listening. Everyone, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram if you're not already, because me and Pat are heading to Hilton Head in just a couple days. It's going to be a great time. We're going to play Harbortown, by the way. Uh, a couple other really sweet courses out there in Hilton Head with Ben and DirecTV Perry. It's going to be a great week. Let's all get some more money this week. Let's win some. Let's win some cash. Let's get six to six through the cut. Let's let's lay down some killer bets and do this. And may your screens be green. Thanks for listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. See you. Oh.